0: If Maury supported the show, I'd be less sick of
1: podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <America's first>. going <laughs> 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 the next one. Here you out The blah The blah blah blah. Send it now. Good vibes. In the blah blah blah. Good vibes. the blah blah blah. Good vibes. Blah. Good vibes. <laughs> Underneath breaths
2: of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that.
3: you know the the supreme law of the land is the canadian charter of rights and freedoms and uh, not dina hinshaw's health orders and i think the best thing that that uh, albertans can do and, and other canadians is to freely exercise our charter freedoms
0: okay guys welcome back to the grand america show We are going to be chatting with John Carpe a little bit later, getting a little up to speed on where the legal battles for the Canadian COVID crisis are going. And then uh, before we jump on with John, we're jumping on with another John uh, for some constitutional Article 5 stuff down in the States with some delegates. Seems like a nice little project, fun one. And we got uh, Graham, I don't work anymore. Dunlop, oh, how's it boy. going, buddy? Oh, boy.
2: I can't hear myself. Can you hear me? Can you hear I me? Can okay. Hear yeah, you, yeah, yeah, Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I do, dude. I do. I, I just made one giant leap, uh, but I still have, still going to go back part time a little bit. So, but I, part-time you know, it was a weird day, weird week, yep, this is it for full time employment. I'm going to focus a little bit more on on uh other things like this basically like this and, kind of stuff yeah, some books and you know some books and some podcasts some manifest some projects and uh you know I'm, it's a leap of faith I really appreciate everybody's support so far and, and we should fantastic. be able to
0: get you up to a cac
2: now Every, Yeah maybe get yeah You're get, get to a maybe CAC. yeah no no I will. yeah, yeah I will yeah yeah <laughs> you heard that Grandma Some projects the some CAC. trips um all, oh, the yeah, CACs. all kinds of stuff so I it's think it's going to you know going to open open it up to a whole bunch of opportunities here hopefully
0: Hopefully I won't be far behind.
2: Yeah. Well geez. Be careful. We got people listening. Ah. So uh that's fine. They should support. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So what's uh what's new?
2: Well, I got like I said in the last show too. I mean, I'm going down to see my mom for operation right. and she's got a cancer Operations operation. Monday. I want to read an email here from Gary. Okay online. I listened to your last couple shows while I was driving to Berlin to see Maria. I heard you say your mother has cancer. So I wanted to let you know, I'm thinking about you and sending good vibes your way, as well as praying for her in my own agnostic way. I also wanted to tell you about natural cell defense. Here's a link. And he sent me to this link for natural cell defense. My cousin says this stuff to help her beat breast cancer. I've been giving it to Maria for the last week or so, and she's been eating more and also talking and able to talk a little bit more. I have no idea if this is the reason but I'm desperate, and I'm giving it a shot. It could be just a coincidence. Anyway, I'm never giving up on Maria, and you shouldn't give up on your mom either. You either you never know when the big breakthrough will come. Love and light, and all that good stuff. I'll be praying for you. So Gary's the one. I think we sent good vibes to him and Maria a few, maybe a couple months ago. Now already, it's probably flown by. So um, good vibes to to Gary and Maria. Yeah, we hope Healing journey.
0: Get well soon. Yeah. Everyone just bounces back. Yeah, and to it's my time for mom.
2: And to my mom as well. Good vibes to my mom. Yeah. So it should be an interesting week. Should be an interesting week.
0: You got yeah. some travel yeah. to do. Yeah. You did your first COVID test. You, yeah, did I send you the results? <laughs> no. You got them already? I got them already. Yeah.
2: Did I didn't want to right do the test? test even, but you know what? Of course. Well, I guess
0: you're not traveling. You can do whatever test Yeah, you they want.
2: said this isn't for travel. It was just uh, basically just getting a text, right? But I mean, yeah. so get this. No COVID. My, well, of course not. But I don't have any anti I got the rapid antibody test as well. So I have no antibodies either. So good well, news, they might bad just news. Be gone good by news, now. bad news. No,
0: I don't think so. How could they have your antibody results already?
2: <laughs> they do the rapid antibody test as well.
0: False negative. Yeah.
2: Well, that's good. You well, can well, go see your mom. Well, they did say they're only 91 to 94% accurate, these tests.
0: I don't think they're even that. Uh, but hey,
2: I got, I got some news. My well, sister calls to try and get a test. And the nurse says, You're not sick, don't you shouldn't get. It. I don't reckon. then this is a private, I think, right? Not the government. This is private. Um, I don't think you should get it. Asymptomatic people shouldn't be getting tested. This is the nurse at the testing facility. She says there's a bunch of false positives. Why would you get a test and then have a you don't know if you get a false positive, you don't even know if you're sick. You might not be sick. It might just be a false positive. And then it creates this domino effect, like we're seeing with people that have kids in school and stuff, where they're My kids so, they're aren't distancing. Sure. They're, well, no, but when there was school, <laughs> this is how far we've, come, we've yeah. come. They were having to isolate because they're close to somebody, and, and nobody's sick, but the, everybody still has to isolate. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's Maybe unbelievable. Maybe we we're turning a corner. I don't know. Let's hope so. And uh, anyway, I, mean, I so, think
0: Fauci's going to jail. So I think. Well, I think that's.
2: I think, anyways, it's great to hear that from a nurse at the testing center. And then, meanwhile, my mom, I'm, she calls me. She's like, I've talked to five people in the government. They can't even tell me how to f- get my test results. Like, they're, she's bounced from f- five people. Oh, yeah, you got to go private. Five people you gotta in the go government. Private sector they can't even for the help her figure out how to te- go test the results. You got to go private result.
0: sector for the test. It's
2: unbelievable. Yeah.
0: You should have sent her private sector, either Shoppers, Drug Mart, or yeah, one of these yeah, other yeah. places.
2: Shoppers doesn't do private, do they? 150 bucks. Shoppers does private? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that.
0: Huh. You can't trust the public sector, man.
2: Oh, it, it's it's just.
0: When I'm know. in the States, I and go to the, Walgreens, you know private sector, private sector, no positives.
2: And you know what? The, the ladies there. Statistically, I should have been a positive by now. They were fantastic. I went to i Blood Services. They were fantastic.
0: Yeah, I've been there. Yeah.
2: I know you recommended it to me. Yeah. yeah.
0: 150 bucks. So yeah.
2: I don't know how much I paid, actually, but I think it was less than that, but.
0: Anyways, and you can get in whenever you want. I think there's like a huge lineup now for regular testing. No, oh, well,
2: that's see, this is what's happening, right? We're just testing, 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 and of course, your your rates are going to go up. Cases, yeah. cases, 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 infections, Infection. Anyways, I got. I also got some news for Darren from another, and I got another email here. Yeah, another email.
0: Congratulations on no more working day, buddy. Thanks, buddy.
2: Cool. I said still, still that's part not bad time to be like pretty yeah. out by I'm, fifty. I'm still part-time. most people. Dude. Oh, dude, I'm going to have to work extra hard on whatever the next thing is. You're going to have I to work have extra hard on whatever you want. <laughs> 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 on what? Whatever I want? Yeah.
0: <sighs> I failed my drone test today. You fit What? Well, I didn't study. I finished my boat test. Was it online? And I passed that. And I was just like, hey, I'll go for my drone test. Here. What? You just did it? I just, just did it on a whim. I failed. Where do you do this? Uh, Canada website
2: oh you do it online I'm going to
0: take another crack at it tomorrow and do some more Googling what
2: kind of questions do they ask you
0: there were some crazy ones really okay. like, uh, what's the what are the two open frequency bands in Canada for this and then they'll show you like this weird thing and you have to pick a frequency out of it I think I did pretty good considering I think I got like 62% and I needed 75 did they ask you and what the airspeed was of an African swallow that's just going into the advanced drone test Fucking blind. I'll get it this weekend, though. Yeah. I'll get my drone test probably Sunday. I need Natasha he to help me. think the two of us and the laptop, pass that drone test. I'll be licensed to fly. Because yeah, it's it? a heavy one, so I had to, like, register with Transport Canada. I don't know why. I don't think it really matters. I don't think any Albertan peace officers. I think the people that can ask you for it are, like, a peace officer. An immigration officer, or a flight something, and
2: that's even if you're just around the, in the country doing your drone thing. Hey,
0: who's gonna ask for that? Having I mean, it follow I could just your truck? Totally fake it.
2: Did even know it's? Did you drive by a cop when your the drone was following you? No. When I was watching your movie of it, you had the drone just following you in your truck, which is pretty creepy. Really, just it's creepy. You. It's just
0: following. If I your can truck, get that like, for as cheap as I got it, I mean, it, it wasn't like, super cheap. It's a good drone. But it was it's but like you a, passed a weird, You
2: passed a weird van. That's though. what
0: you can get for a thousand bucks. What does a hundred thousand dollars get? Oh you? my
2: god! Yeah. Or a million dollars? Yeah, exactly. Or a
0: hundred million dollars? Yeah, yeah. It gets you a little drone like the size of a dime that just follows you around all the time. And you never know. And you're not in, it's just sitting on the roof of the house charging.
2: I saw a little close-up pic of uh, one of DARPA's little uh, mosquito uh, dragonflies. I mean, at this point, it's they could be... It's creepy looking. It looks like real, fucking... but it's like, you can see it's all mechanical.
0: At this point, they could be, like, smart enough to just, like, seek out a little power leak and recharge there.
2: Oh, my God. Imagine that. little juice up on the lines. Yeah. The little <laughs> from the lines, huh?
0: Not far off from there. So I don't have the jingle board. I left it upstairs in my haste.
2: That's okay. I got another email here for you. Uh, So listening to the last episode and heard how Darren ended up petting a wild sheep. Pretty heavy petting. Oh, no. Pretty heavy on the spiritual side of things, he says. Here's the meaning of that encounter in Native American spirits, if you would care to share it with him. No. What? (laughs) All right, let's hear it. He says, uh, he says, if not, just delete and move on. I know you're uh, busy, and I really appreciate all the work both of you do. Work, work, work. Whatever you've been considering starting now is the time to go ahead and begin it. There's something that is out of balance in your life, so determine what it is and take steps to correct it. The timing is right for you to pursue intellectual or educational interests and activities, so make a plan to do so and put it into action. Which you're- one? What? Which plan? I have so many. Oh, plans. I know, I know. Well, this is this is why it's perfect. You're ready for some new challenges, so be willing to charge ahead with whatever gets your attention. You're going through of about what? You're going through of about to go through, or you're going through or about to go through a spiritual initiation leading to an emergence of a different sense of yourself. Cheers, Gary. Again, thanks, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's great good, though. That's, right? that's pretty cool.
0: This seemed pretty, when I tell people I pet a sheep, they're like, what? Yeah, exactly.
2: It's just... <laughs>
0: and I was in my truck and I pet it.
2: To be honest with you, I, you know, oh, I won't say. I was going to get, I was going to get a little raunchy. I won't bother. What? Well, you think I was sleeping with the sheep? No, it just, it wasn't the nicest looking sheep. I think it was just craving attention or something.
0: Well, it's just like that time of year where it's shedding.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, who knows? It's a weird thing. Me and Miles are just like, let's run it right over here. And I'm just like, <laughs> That's good. Maybe I'll write that book I've been thinking about writing. But first, we're going to do a festival. A festival. Did I tell you about the festival yet? Brandon. It was Brandon's idea, so don't blame me. Oh, boy. He started it.
2: You got it. more crazy, wacky ideas, eh? Yeah,
0: well, you're going to do it next year, Solstice.
2: Okay. Oh, Solstice Festival. That would be cool.
0: At the Commune. Okay. With some bands.
2: Wow. This will be in Washington then?
0: $50 Dynasty. Washington State? Yes. We're still figuring out the camping arrangements and all that. I got to see the map, see what we're going to do. But we're going to both stage. We're going to have some camping. We're going to have some day passes. We'll have a bunch of different options. We'll have $50 Dynasty. What's Dynasty? That's the Snake Snake Cows Band.
2: Oh. Very good band.
0: We'll oh, $50 them.
2: Dynasty is the whole name? I thought you were talking pricing here. No, we're going to have- name?
0: No, we're going to have- well, I don't know the pricing yet. I still got to figure out. No, but stuff what's up. the
2: the name of the band is $50, $50 Dynasty. Dynasty? Okay, okay.
0: Yeah. So we'll have them, and then uh, I've been talking to Superman. So it looks like we'll have them and Superman. Wow. As sort of the headliners for this thing. Um of course, we have James the Hamler. I was just going to say, if can get James a couple a bring of local We'll get a Talking bunch of the local bands music. down there for some for some filling it up around the sort of headliners. James's band would be great. You know, they do amazing uh, cover songs too, which would be Maybe We could get him, make James do some some karaoke thing. We'll get him doing a karaoke thing. Wouldn't that be cool? to Do karaoke with like a
2: the hard rock with band, a
0: real rock band. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. So, yeah, we're going to do that. And then, of course, it's Pacific Northwest. So the place is overflowing with bands. Shout out to Kate, who's helping out with some of that stuff. And, of course, Brandon, who's got the property. But we're going to take a stab at a festival. Wow. Yeah.
2: So lots of good ideas. That's
0: yeah, great. well, CAC's in, like, cruise control now.
2: Yeah.
0: It really is. Right. I mean, there's, like, there's over 20 people that want to sign up for Egypt
2: Darren, right now. Darren's talking about contact at com.
0: Yeah. Utah's it. sold out. There might be one spot left, but it's sold out. For all intents and purposes, it's sold out Yeah. Um, for next year. There's still some space left for Arizona. Secret celebrity guest coming to visit. And that's the magic in the mountain. That's the magic in the mountain with Owen Hunt, Joe Roop, and Brandon Powell. We have one confirmed secret celebrity guest coming. There might even be two secret celebrity guests at this one. Wow.
2: Um, Fantastic.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, there is... Scablands in September with Randall Carlson again. We're doing that all again, which is going to sell out super fast because, the, I mean, there's four spots gone already out of 25, and the Snake Bros and the Cosmographia Show have not even mentioned it yet.
2: This is uh, Scablands in September? Yeah. And there's still lots of spots open yeah, in there? Yeah,
0: there's like 21 spots left okay. for that one. Yeah. And Egypt, which we haven't even announced or got ready for making, we've kind of talked about it, but the website's not ready uh, we're still getting out the final pricing details and dates from uh, Ben's guy in Egypt. So we can roll that out officially, but there's already like 23 people oh, yeah, that'd be that an, are like trying to pay an, deposits.
2: That's a, that's a trip of a lifetime type thing.
0: Yeah. So that's going to fill out. I mean, for now, what we're doing is if you're serious about going, you don't have to give me any money yet. You just have to email me and say you're serious about going. And then in like two or three weeks when we're ready... I'm going to email out for the $1,000 deposits, and I'll give you guys so long to come up with the deposit before I move down the list. But I've, this thing is going to sell out fast. Probably This could be one of the fastest. I mean, I don't know how it could be Canyon sold out in like three weeks, but from the time this thing might be sold out before the webpage is even made at the rate we're going. I mean, Ben hasn't mentioned it. The Snake Bros. haven't mentioned it. Going to fill it fill up fast. Contact at the cabin.com
2: and then uh, yeah, we might as well talk about our audio books too, because Secret Doctrines out, Secret Teachings is coming out, and we're doing the Secret Doctrine Book Two, Anthropogenesis, which is, uh, is so far as f- fascinating. And that's uh, you can check that out at AdultBrain.ca, which has a link to Audible, and then some of the other books we've done. And if anybody needs uh, narration, I mean, you first know, time you, in the history, books, of the world. If anybody an needs books narrated, we're doing it. Darren's got a great, uh, he's doing a great editing job, and we got I'm a good system. We got a good system, so yeah, We've got
0: a good system going. Grab that Secret Doctrine, Volume One, if you haven't yet. We're working on Volume Two now. I have the whole set, Secret and uh, the Secret Teachings of All Ages, yeah. of course, is uh, coming soon. I'm still bickering back and forth with KDP, but I've got the conversation flowing. We'll have that out, I would say, in the next, uh, ooh, by summer. Yeah, By summer, that'll be ready to roll. I think that's about it. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to our Lazy Ramblings. Enjoy the chat with uh, the first John and then the interview with John Carpe.
2: All right, we got a little special, special intro for you with John D. Herrera, Going to talk about Article Five in the Constitution, and it happens to fit nicely with our episode with John Carpe here from the Justice Center of Constitutional Freedoms in Canada. So, thanks for uh, coming on, John. And uh, you know, we're going to have you back on as as a guest in June, but uh, this we kind of had to have you on and talk about uh, your uh, constitutional stuff uh, in a timely manner, right?
4: Yeah, my my pleasure to be on, and, and thanks so much, you guys. And uh, it was kind of real serendipitous. I even found out about you guys, like I think just four weeks ago. It's been, you know, it hasn't it hasn't been that long. So this is this is all. I uh, have a lot of gratitude uh, to you guys having me on. Um, uh, the plug for the convention is that I was a political activist. So I guess I still am. Uh, for um, 20 years since uh, right after 9/11 um, I realized that you know the bad guys were gonna, there was going to be a vacuum of power, the bad guys were going to get in there, start passing stuff like the Patriot Act and all that. So I, I, I you know uh, went back to the Constitution, realized, oh my god, there's a convention clause in there and this convention would allow the 50 states to come together and say, hey what can we agree on? Now, of course, the bad guys, the last thing they want to see in America is are the 50 states coming together to build consensus. Right. It's like the antithesis of the whole corporate deal. You know, the whole politicians, Republican, Democrat, they're all there just to divide us left and right. This convention clause that's part of the Constitution allows us to come together and build consensus. So uh, I started battling for that. I, I, uh, a guy named Bill Walker who had the first ever lawsuit uh, about the convention clause of Article 5 because the, the Constitution, Article 5, which is interestingly enough, is a single sentence long. If you ever look at Article 5, it's a single sentence, and it says Congress can propose amendments or if the states uh, cast applications for a convention – Congress calls a convention, and then that convention of delegates can propose amendments. Okay. So uh, so Bill had a lawsuit that we took to the Supreme Court in 2007 that said, look, the congressional records, which are part of the Constitution because the Constitution mandates both houses keep records, the congressional records show the states have cast hundreds of applications for this convention and one Congress after the next just pretends they don't know what you're, what you're talking about. They're just, they just play dumb. So, so basically, they've prevented the American people from holding a convention to build up their consensus by not calling a convention. And so over the last decade, a lot of things have, have taken place, a lot of interesting things. Most interestingly, uh, the, the Congressional Research Service which is uh, the research arm for Congress. Um, uh, They wrote a two part white paper all about the Article five convention, including uh, noting our group, friends of the Article five convention, the one I uh, was with Bill and Tom Brennan and uh, and our position that we are. You know, a, a convention should be called forthwith. We're we, you know we're being de- we're illegally being denied a convention by the current Congress. Right. So anyway, so all that stuff went on. Tom and Bill passed away just recently, and I'm sitting there looking at the looking at the Article Five scene. I'm seeing it was on, and I'm like, "Well, this is the the virus situation. Everything's online. We've been talking about it for ten years. Why don't we just have a convention online?" And so. So there's the long way about the plug. Is there is a convention? It's scheduled for May 25th. There's already 80 delegates on there, signed on, and um, and a lot of people would say, "Well, oh, well, that's just a you know a bunch of Americans gonna they're gonna pretend to be delegates." But uh, if you take a look at the Ninth Amendment of the Constitution, it says that anything not listed here in the Constitution. Is a right that's left to the people. So huh. we have a right to convene and um, and so it is going to be actually be an Article Five convention convention because all we're gonna be doing is talking about amendment language. And um, and so so anyways, it's just a chance, it's a chance for people who want to to lead by example.
2: So is
0: this a way that uh, you guys can take over Alberta with Montana so yeah, that I can, can have my that? freedom back?
4: Well, you know what? That, now, now let's look at that. I mean, I know there's there's humor there. I love it, but let's look at this. Suppose you did propose that at the convention or something along those those lines. In terms of practical politics, you're going to have to have an idea that could r- get roughly seven out of ten Americans to say yes to it, Ooh, because that's a Alberta's ratification. Pretty
0: good. I mean, we got a <laughs> bunch of yeah, oil.
4: Yeah, right, right. It'd probably be ratified. Could be the twenty eighth amendment. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And the fifty third state. I mean, Canada doesn't want us. Would have been a fifty first state, I guess. Fifty two you know, cards.
2: We're like the redheaded stepchild I mean, I of like, Canada. I, I, mean... feel like <laughs> I feel
0: like you guys want to have fifty two states. I feel like you want to get. Them. Why
4: not? Why not? Why? Why shouldn't we have let more people enjoy the freedoms that were won with the American Revolution?
2: You're brushing your mic there. If you could, you're you're uh, you're coming through clear. You're coming through clear sometimes, but then something shifts and you're uh, yeah. So so is this sort of left there as a way for actually the states to do something if the government seems to get a little overpowered? It does feel like it's kind of a loophole here, on purpose.
4: I'm sorry, Graham. Can you do that one more, yeah, one more time? Yeah, like have the computer voice.
2: Yeah, it seems like uh, this was left here on purpose. This Article Five, as a, as a you know loophole, an intentional loophole, so that states have some power to to actually do something if it gets out of control.
4: Exactly, and and so basically, what happened at the 1787 Convention in Philadelphia is Colonel Mason, near the end of it, he said, "Look, we 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 built this thing, we framed this thing." But only Congress can propose changes. What if Congress becomes the problem? Right. And then they said, okay, we're going to put a convention clause in there. If enough states get bummed out by what Congress is doing, they say, hey, we want to have a convention. And as soon as it hits a numeric count, boom, Congress has to call a convention. It's peremptory. In fact, the Federalist Papers, which are the persuading arguments of why we should adopt the Constitution, the very final Federalist paper is Federalist 85. It's written by Hamilton, and he assures all the anti-Federalists that, hey, if you guys are so afraid of this new government going south on the people, we got the Convention Clause in Article 5. As soon as two-thirds of the states think it's getting a little uh, out of control, they call a convention, and you know we get things back on track. So it's all based on common sense, right? They, they knew that governments go south on the people, and so— They put that convention clause in there and uh, Congress has just been has done a really good job of pretending they don't know. They don't know what you're talking about.
0: So what defines uh, a um, like, does this have the the legal framework to say, because what if you just got, um, you know, a bunch of gun haters from all the states together to throw their own convention and say no more guns?
4: Right. Now, I've actually gone to the liberal groups. I mean, I worked with the Tea Party folks. I work with the Occupy folks, all trying to get them to this convention. Um, uh, For the folks who want to uh, alter the Second Amendment, um, if you look at the political polls, you're never going to get roughly 7 out of 10 Americans to say, yeah, let's do away with the Second Amendment. It's just it's not politically feasible at all. It's too divisive. And uh it'll never happen,
0: so how would that be how would that come what would be so let's pick something that might happen, like
2: like money in Congress or like you know or money in right. politics kind of thing Is that what yeah,
0: like say to, yeah, term limits or campaign contributions. how would that go from the convention to legislation,
4: okay. We'll take term limits because it's a really popular amendment. You know, if you ask uh, 10 Americans, seven, eight, or nine are going to say, yes, I'm in favor of term limits. So, what happens is the Congress can propose that amendment, which they're not going to, or the convention can propose the amendment. Once the convention says, okay, here's our term limit amendment, however that's worded, you know, there's there's, uh, the term limit thing is kind of a it''s, it's uh, it could be worded different ways to, to different effects, and the convention would hammer that out. But let's say they, they put on the table a term limit amendment, then the Congress decides whether that amendment is going to be ratified by the state legislatures or by many conventions in the states. And in fact, uh, the repeal of prohibition, that amendment was ratified by many conventions in the states because a a state convention actually removes even the state politicians out of the way of the decision-making process so uh so in answer to to your question it can be ratified uh one of two ways and uh uh through through the legislatures three-quarters of the legislatures or three-quarters of uh the States in the form of mini conventions.
2: Wow. So I, I, when I talked to you earlier, I kind of challenged you a little bit and said, well, you know, it's, I'm pretty disillusioned by the whole political thing. I mean, they're not, you know, the, the constitution doesn't seem to be making a difference anyways. I mean, they're just doing whatever the hell they want in this fascistic way that they are. So how, but you had some pretty good answers for me. I mean, how, how for people that are just completely you know, sort of disowning politics and have no faith that the system is going to work, and what's the point of trying to change something that they're not going to follow anyways? What do you think?
4: That is, that is a very common question, and a lot of the Tea Party folks are, you know, they, they'll they'll say, there's nothing wrong with the Constitution, we just need to obey it. All right, so they say that's up, or they say, you know, they're not obeying it now, so if we have this convention, what makes you think they're going to obey it then? And uh, my answer is, in terms of political science, once you get any, uh, once you get a tipping point of any society to become cognizant of something, at the same time, there's nothing that can stop it. You know, and I, I think there's a Victor Hugo quote that uh, not there are no armies can stop an idea whose time has come. There's there's a couple other quotes along those lines, and so what I uh, have people. Recognize is that right now the status quo is a status quo of institutionalized corruption, i.e. do you got enough money? If you don't have some money, then, you know, you're not going anywhere. That's the status quo today. If a convention is called and uh, delegates from the states actually come together, now we're on a new playing field. Now the status quo has been destroyed. Because we're not talking about the the day-in, day-out thing of of, uh, institutionalized corruption. Now we've got this sideline story saying, oh, the delegates have now got together. Now they're talking about reversing Citizens United. For instance, it's a very popular amendment. People want to reverse the Supreme Court decision that allowed multinationals to dump unlimited amounts of money into campaigns, right? And that one is is, – Is a a nonpartisan amendment. The the people on the right and the people on the left both recognize that dark money or private money corrupts public elections. Right. So. So once we start talking about that formally. Right. We're not going to be talking about it on comments on Facebook. Right. I mean, the, the powers that be are happy to have us talk informally about amendments all day long and forever. But once the convention is convened and we start talking about it formally, it destroys the status quo, and anyone who's on the take is gonna start walking and talking differently because consensus is going to be built. Now, once that consensus is built to say, Oh, yeah, we want to you know reverse citizens united. Now um now the the, the politicians and the judges. They're, they're not going to uh, thumb their nose at the people, you know, weeks or a couple months down the line after the entire country has, has, has come around this, this uh, first-time-ever event. So the, the answer to your question is we're going to be living in a different status quo and a different society. We're going to be on a different playing field by the time we get to the point of ratification,
2: yeah, it would bring a lot of awareness to to the issues yeah. of, the, of the current constitution too, and and you know the way the way it is. So yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that making a bit of a difference. So how do people? Uh, what Darren's got a skeptical look on his face here.
0: Well, I don't think the problem would be getting the MSM to cover it.
2: No, I was thinking yeah. the same thing. I was thinking they're just going to ignore the Hopefully whole thing. Hopefully, you can
0: so. get it at, uh, social media buzz.
2: Yeah, get it. Yeah, get it through social media. Yeah, because well, yeah, they won't really, really cover it. For it. Yeah.
4: There, there is that, and and I, you know, I, I, I totally, uh, I totally understand that position. And there are days I wake up and I, I, I you know, I'm just like, come on, man, the, the the ship has sailed, it's over. You're just running around in circles now, because you know. Uh, so I understand that, but I do, I do recognize that if you get a tipping point majority of human beings to suddenly start becoming cognizant and thinking and saying the same thing all at once. Not only that, we're talking about human beings who are gun owners who have tons of guns. So the powers that be in Washington, DC, they've got, they're dealing with a 300 million person nation with a lot of them ready, ready to, you know, uh back up their their understanding with uh you know they'll they'll resist so otherwise i mean if we weren't a nation of gun owners i think the corporate powers would have already rolled us they were they would have already said hey take your constitution and shove it it's over we run this place <laughs> they, they haven't been able to say that
2: yeah they're trying i mean holy they're right? trying no.
4: You know the the it's like a, the metaphor I like is the power to be are the shy little guy and the American people are like the big dumb athletic guy and the shifty guys like nudging the the big dumb guy. Hey, I'm running the show. I'm, but the big dumb guy's like, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, cool. He doesn't understand that you know. So it, it's a strange dynamic that's happening right now, and um, and so hopefully uh, this yeah hopefully this convention May 25th there's there's 80 delegates on there and i you know i know a lot of people would say oh that's a joke 80 people that's ridiculous but um i really believe that uh just doing things uh, leading by example yep. you know, yep. you, get the, you get the butterfly effect totally. it starts creating little openings somewhere else yep. all of a sudden something else happens yep. so you got to start actually, somewhere
2: yeah you got to start somewhere and you never know who can grab a hold of it i mean there's a lot of these libertarian types too that are pretty famous right now and all it takes is some of these people that are pushing some new yeah, ideas in the political you, you know get a little traction yeah yeah.
4: Well, you guys, you know, we we got a, you know, I think we got two weeks left before it goes. It doesn't have to happen all on May twenty fifth. You know. Yeah, exactly. It could, it could get legs. It could get legs. You know, at the end of May, and all of a sudden, you know, I I uh, I have the IMDb Pro series, whatever. I've sent some emails to Chuck Norris. He wants a balanced budget amendment. You know, what if Chuck Norris starts saying, "Hey, man, yeah, let's have a convention." Yeah. Uh,
2: exactly. Per,
4: per, Patricia Arquette, you know, she's a liberal folks. She wants the ERA amendment, you know, all right, Hey, let's all come to the table and let's find out what we can agree on, you know, et cetera.
2: Yeah, that's great. And then it opens up a whole, like you said, it's, it's about opening up the whole new paradigm, really, that maybe they can make some changes if everybody gets, uh, gets along. Cause you're right. This is all about dividing us left, right, and center and we're all the way down slicing and dicing us into all kinds of different identities. So. That would be great. Hey, uh, yep. so what do people do then? Is it uh, online, or how can people help? How can people see it? Yeah,
4: yeah. Um, well, uh, it's uh, article V, as in Roman numeral five. Article V Um, I uh, had uh, a guy from Idaho. He hasn't. He's been kind of MIA, but he built the site for me. Um, he uh connected the site to um a cloud so the so the forum software is v bulletin software that software has been on the internet for a long time a lot of people will be familiar with it their latest version and it's in a cloud and uh so all you have to do is go to article v sign up as a delegate and you're in and um i we we i recently posted uh kind of the you know how how i see the convention working on the forum it's, it's it's if you just read through some of the comments but there already has been some back and forth and debate about uh you know uh, some amendments and uh, and so hopefully uh yeah hopefully i mean there there's a guy from from the wall street journal uh Jess Barker Jess Baker his name is he he caught me on twitter he's following me and i, and I sent him a message saying hey any, any way, because the wall street journal actually over the last five years has has had editorials about this article five convention and hey is it time to do it is the congress going to destroy us if we don't do it type thing so yeah,
2: yeah. right on well i think it's a great idea to tr- start bringing people together for a common cause so.
0: totally yeah Thanks, we wish uh, you luck and yeah. we hope some of our listeners go and sign up yeah.
2: yeah, thanks, thanks, John, for joining us on this intro. We'll uh, we'll talk to you in June. We'll go a little longer on this, we'll uh, talk about how it went, and we'll get into some Hopi, Hopi stuff.
4: Yeah, the Hopi, the Native Native Americans from the northeast corner of Arizona. I'd be, I'd be happy to talk about that.
2: Sounds good, buddy. Thanks so much.
4: Okay, all right, guys, okay. thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, okay take care. Bye
2: right, bye.
0: And that was a chat with John. And now we'll jump into our chat with with the other John, John Carpe. Talk about some COVID legal battles here in Canada. Enjoy the chat with John Carpe.
2: We've got John Carpe back with us. He's the founder and president of the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. I mean, he's on the front line fighting all this through the courts. It's fantastic. He's devoted his legal career to defending constitutional freedoms through litigation and education in Canada. It's good to talk to you again, John. Thanks for uh, spending some more time with us.
3: I'm glad to be with you guys. I
2: think
0: at this point, you've kind of devoted your career to COVID because, I mean, (laughs) it's going to be hard to, I mean, if it goes, you know, it's like. People are getting canceled over COVID all over the place. So I mean, you know, this—it's very much you're uh, very much in the front line and facing that that head on. And I commend you for it. I mean, I mean, I'll be frank—you, I can't do what you're doing on the level that you're doing it. And if it wasn't for people like you, we'd be in a real problem because the protests don't seem to be working. Trying to keep the restaurants open doesn't seem to be working. I mean, there's some loopholes for travel that can be exploited, uh, that I like to share with people and stuff. I don't give out my exact system on the show because I don't want it to close up, but you know, if people email me, I'm happy to sort of coach them through how you can, how you can get around that. I mean, and that's the other thing I wanted to thank you about is you were kind enough to, of course, connect me with a member of your team, just in case I did have any troubles the first time. Um, I got sick of being in Canada and decided to start traveling again, so I mean, just yeah, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you very much for sticking up for what's left of our rights.
3: Well, you know we all have a role to play i'm I'm doing my part um we've got nine staff lawyers at the justice center we We expect to be at twelve or thirteen by September, but we couldn't lift a finger to do anything if it wasn't for the <clears throat> roughly ten thousand donors all across Canada. You know, some people are giving us hundred dollars a year, some people thousand dollars a year, a uh, very small number of people are giving us, you know, more than that. But, you know, we all have our part, our part to play. And one of the things I'm really encouraged by is we, we were getting more and more calls in November, December, 2020 from people saying, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? We came up with a per uh, uh, the deadly cost of, of lockdowns and you know, it's, it's just a brochure. It's not a whole book, but it kind of touches on some of the key issues like uh, COVID's not the unusually deadly killer that politicians say it is. Uh, we know from Statistics Canada that the death rates in Canada in 2020 were very much in line with death rates in 2019, 2018, 2017, which shows this is not an unusually deadly killer. Uh, we talk about how You know, in in 2020, there were about 309,000 Canadians who died in 2020, which is very sad and which is also normal for a country of 38 million people. You could expect, you know, 300,000 people are going to die every year. Only 5% of those people died with COVID, not necessarily of COVID, but, you know, 5% of the deaths in Canada in 2020 were COVID-related deaths. So we've been lied to for 13 months. And um, anyway, sir, so I'm, I'm getting off topic. But the the point is, so we got these brochures, and now we got people calling us, uh, emailing us. You know, can you send me 50 brochures? Can you send me 100 brochures? Thankfully, it's not illegal to go door to door and put brochures in mailboxes. At least not in Alberta. Probably not even. I don't know about Ontario and Quebec. <laughs> Um, So people are playing a role because if we don't change public opinion, we will be stuck with this forever. We're heading towards vaccine passports. It's going to be practically impossible for people to travel internationally uh, unless they've allowed themselves to be injected by an experimental vaccine, the long-term consequences of which nobody knows about. And I'm not saying it's bad or scary, and I'm, I think there's good reason for vulnerable people. If you're elderly and you've got you know, cancer and heart disease and emphysema, it's probably worth the risk of taking an experimental vaccine versus the, the risk of, of catching COVID. Uh, but for 90% of the population, uh, you're, you're basically volunteering to be a guinea pig uh, for something that, that's really not all that warranted for 90% of the population.
2: Go ahead. Darren. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I I'm seeing a lot of people slip into that uh fear mindset. I mean, you you did all, you also came up with a 10, 10 uh 10 reasons not to be scared of COVID. Is that another flyer? Is that the same one you're talking about?
3: So to, um so on our website www.jccf.ca, we've got a paper that we released um just last week or so and it's called the COVID in Canada, Nothing Much to Fear. And it gives 10 reasons not to be afraid of COVID. Uh, the paper is uh, 25 pages. It's a PDF. You can print it off. You can save it, forward it, whatever. And uh, But the the small brochure is just like a threefold, yeah. you know, like uh, six panels. Yeah, you can stick on somebody's some the-
2: window or stick it all over town or whatever. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those those brochures and pamphlets, you know, even if 70 percent of them get tossed in the garbage can by the recipient, you got three out of 10 that are getting read and that are going to influence people and hopefully help to to kill this virus of fear because it's the virus of fear that is just causing so much harm to so many people.
2: Yeah, I, w- I want to mention your newsletter as well. I signed up for it back when we had you on before, and it's really good how you guys give us a legal update kind of of what's happening in Canada through the newsletter. So if people want a direct source for what's going on, I think that's a great option as well. Yeah, don't don't listen to the 6 o'clock news. Yeah, they, it, exactly. It's
3: it's just half it's it's half true it's like they say things that are technically true but they omit you know the media will tell you oh we got 2000 new cases of of covid in you know alberta or ontario or whatever they don't tell you that the pcr test is inaccurate and unreliable and was never designed to diagnose covid they don't tell you that you know 92% of those so called cases Refer to perfectly healthy people Uh, when they tell you that, you know, last week there's three people that died of COVID in Alberta. They don't tell you that it's normal and sad, but normal that every week in Alberta, there's 500 people that die in Alberta every week. The media won't tell you that. They'll scream about uh, three people dying of COVID. They don't mention the other 497 people. So what, what they what the media do is they cherry pick certain facts. You know, I'm, I don't question that it's true. If, if the media says that last week, there's three people that died of COVID. I, I don't dispute that that's probably true. Uh, Although even there, the media is not going to quibble about did they die of COVID or with COVID. They're going to say they died of COVID. But even there, they don't give you the truth because they don't give you the full picture because they don't tell you that it's normal in Alberta every week that 500 people die every week in Alberta. They don't tell you that. So it's all these omissions that if if all you're watching is a six o'clock news, you are sadly misinformed
2: for example the hospitalizations i mean i saw the email from the people that the alberta health saying this is how we count hospitalizations anybody that's tested positive in the last 28 days that's in the hospital is a hospitalization so that doesn't mean they're in there sick from covid they could have broken their leg and tested positive and not even have any symptoms and there's still a hospitalization so we miss we're missing all this context
3: Yeah, it's the same in court. Uh, The uh, Alberta Health Services went and made uh, an application in the Alberta Court of Queen's Bench on Thursday, May the 6th, without any notice to Whistle Stop Cafe in uh, Mirror, Alberta. And they got an injunction against Whistle Stop and the owners of Whistle Stop. And one of the things that, and I read the affidavit of of, uh, Dr. Dean Hinshaw that was filed, And Dr. Dr. Hinshaw says, well, we we have to be way more aggressive about, you know, cracking down on peaceful protests and rallies and uh, people exercising their charter freedoms. I'm paraphrasing, these were not her words exactly, but that's the gist of it. We got to really crack down hard um, because the increasing number of cases are disconcerting. Now, amazingly, the more tests that you do, the higher the number of cases. And I expect in the days ahead, we're going to release a graph. We always we love using Alberta Health Services data, and we love using Alberta government data because uh, we make the case against lockdowns using the government's own data. I don't need to go to some conspiracy website. It's Alberta Health Services itself. You look at the data. The comorbidity
2: and data is great.
3: The comorbidity, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we've got a graph coming out showing that the the number of cases, it rises and falls with the number of tests. So if on a given day, if you do like 100,000 tests, well, guess what? Your cases are going to go up. And then these cases again, uh, the PCR test was not diagnosed, uh, was not created to diagnose COVID. It does not diagnose COVID. It only tells you if you've got some dead viral remnants in your body, and we've got great evidence coming out of the um, Manitoba Court of Queen's bench. We've got a court action there on the go uh, right now this week as we speak, and the uh, chief medical officer of Manitoba, as well as a uh, senior government official that is running one of the COVID testing labs, they admitted on the stand under oath that these PCR tests are unreliable. Wow. Wow. Did they talk about the? I don't know if that's going to persuade the judge. I mean, don't get your hopes up. No, no. Yeah. uh, But I mean, at least it's coming out a little bit
2: because at least that exposes a little bit. Right. I mean, even if it doesn't persuade that judge, at least people can see now that this is happening. So what about this cycle threshold? I mean, I'm hearing rumors about Alberta and you guys actually talked about it on your podcast, which is also on your website. You can go to see you guys do like a weekly update in audio, which is great. So you guys speculated uh, about the cycle thresholds going back up to 40 or 41 because, you know, and who knows, but it happens to coincide with you guys fighting in court with Alberta and Calgary. Or no, maybe it's just the Alberta courts and they can't provide you with any evidence or they're saying that that it's it's going to be too long to provide you with uh, evidence of the lockdowns. I mean, this is unbelievable.
3: Well, we've we've asked every province for uh, to reveal their the cycle thresholds being used. Oh, okay, now, yeah. And I'll do my I'll do my best to explain it. And of course, my you know, there's there's a there's a steep learning curve, and we're all slowly moving along uh, on on getting a better grip on this. And there's so much information, of course, that it, it's it's hard to um, it's hard to become an expert at everything. But basically, the PCR test, they take a sample. And then they look, uh, they magnify or amplify. So they double it, and then 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 they double it. And And, uh, if you double it more than 30 times, you're going to get such a high rate of false positives. If you double it 40 times over, you're going to get like 100% of the people testing positive. Now, they're not testing positive for COVID. They're testing positive for a remnant of dead virus in your body, it could be COVID, it could be something else. And so if you take the little sample, say from, from uh, you know, the rods that, that's been up your nose or a saliva sample, uh, they should not, no government should be uh, m- doubling it more than 30 times. And yet we have evidence in some provinces that they are, they're doing it 35, 40, 45 times. And then the media, which is the government's paid propaganda machine, quite literally, because the the media are the so-called mainstream media are government funded. So you've got the uh, the government's media fearmongering by printing these case numbers, and the case numbers are completely out of line with uh, who is sick and who isn't.
2: Yeah. So is there somewhere where we can go online to see that? I've, I found a spot before that had all the provinces, but I wasn't sure if it was reliable. And then I found another spot that had, you know, Alberta was up again. And I have a couple of friends who, who think they know what's happening with the cycle threshold. Is that even worth paying attention to? I mean, or is it just sort of a, a lost leader in a way?
3: That's a good question. It is. The PCR tests are a big part of the puzzle. And the reason is that, As long as we're, and by the way, never before in human history have governments or health authorities tested healthy people. The way medicines work the last 6,000 years, and you don't need to be a doctor to know this, is if, if you've got symptoms, if you've got your fever, your chills, your sore throat, whatever, if you have symptoms... That's when they test you for whatever, you know, it could be, God forbid, the doctor might say, you know, based on your symptoms, uh, there's possibility you might have cancer, we're gonna, you know, whatever, right? But it's, it's when you have symptoms that you get tests because then you wanna find out what's going on. Do you have COVID, yes or no? Now we've got uh, hundreds of thousands of people, uh, probably over time, millions of Canadians who are perfectly healthy are getting a test um, and the test doesn't even diagnose the illness and then the media takes these big numbers and says, oh, case is on the rise. And you've got, you know, Alberta's Chief Medical Officer, Dina Hinshaw, swears an affidavit in court saying that we need to crush Charter Rights and Freedoms because we've got high case numbers. These case numbers are... Now, we put out another news release last week. It's uh, www.jccf.ca. Go to the news releases. The, um, the hospitalization and ICU usage, it's just so misleading. We have FOI requests uh, that we put in the news release. I don't have it in front of me. But when the government says uh, hospitals are overrun, hospitals are overcrowded, we're running out of ICU spaces, we don't have enough beds. So misleading. Uh, in Alberta last week, about Alberta Health Services claimed there are 650 COVID patients. And again, that might include people that that broke their ankle and got forced into a COVID test because they're going into a hospital. And so they got, you know, they don't have any COVID symptoms, but they're in the hospital for a broken ankle. And oh, now they've tested positive for, for COVID using the PCR test. But let's just take it at face value. Let's say the 650 COVID patients, let's say they all have COVID symptoms and they're all suffering, you know, shortness of breath and fever and this and that. What the media doesn't tell you is that we have 8,473 hospital beds in Alberta, 8,473. So out of 8,473, so you got 650 beds occupied by COVID patients. That's normal practice of medicine in Canada. People come in at different reasons. And sometimes you got, you know, uh, with the annual flu, sometimes overwhelms hospitals or this or that or whatever. Um, the way the system is set up is that sometimes it just gets overloaded and we get into uh what's known as hallway medicine because the hospitals are so overrun and they, they got literally people that are bona fide patients that are uh, on a stretcher or bed in a hallway. This has been going on for years. Yeah, you've you've so- shown
2: the percentage of the of the emergency, how it's always around ninety-five percent, ninety-six percent over the years, and it's no different this time.
3: Thank you, Alberta Health Services, for providing us with the data that show that you've got this, uh, the, the, uh, you've refreshed my memory now because so many news releases going out, that, yeah, the um, hospital usage in Alberta in 2020, in 2021, has been um, not in line with 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, like the death rates in Canada. There's no difference in 2020 from uh, prior years. Yeah.
2: I want to get back to the PCR problem in a a sec from a legal standpoint, because the WHO did change their tune on that in January. They said you should be diagnosing this as well, taking these these tests. And yeah, doing it at a different cycle threshold and using other physical diagnostic tools as well to to create a case or to 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 say it's a case or can you guys use like if there, if our health department supposed to be following the who direction how are they not following that now like can you guys use that from a legal standpoint and say hey the who said this here why are you not following their protocols for even cases
3: well we can't wait to uh, cross examine Dean Henshaw Um, Another development since we last spoke a few months ago is that the, the, um, the trial of Pastor James Coates of Grace Life Church started on Monday, May 3rd, and their second day of trial was Tuesday, May 4th, and now it's been adjourned until June. Here's what's interesting. The Alberta government was either unable or unwilling or both to present any medical or scientific evidence and have that ready for trial on May 3rd. This is more than 13 months after lockdowns started. Now, under the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, the government does have the right to violate Charter of Rights and Freedoms uh, in, in a true emergency and with good reason, but the onus is on the government to justify the violation. So the moment the government places any restriction at all on your right to, for example, to move, to travel, uh, to worship, to associate, to assemble peacefully, any restriction on any charter right or freedom, the onus is on the government to explain, yes, we are, you know, let me give you an example, Uh, criminal code restrictions on hate speech. It is a crime in Canada to willfully promote hatred against an identifiable group. Is that a Does that include violation? politicians? Sorry? Does
0: that include politicians?
3: <laughs> it will. Um, no, I think it's got to be, it's it's an excellent question. It's got to be based on uh, race, gender, ethnicity, religion, sexual orientation, skin color, national origin, uh, uh, t- t- transgender, whatever. It's got to be one of those things. So, no, you can willfully promote hatred against politicians, uh, but just stay away from all those, uh, you know, characteristics like Protecting religion classes. and skin color. Height? Height
0: is not a protected uh, height, you should try and get if taller. You consider, <laughs> At least you're if not you consider fat height
3: <laughs> <laughs> If height is a physical disability, uh, which uh, you know, if you're a really tall guy, you're uncomfortable on airplanes, and if you're really short, there's advantage disadvantages to that as well. But um, but here here's the point: the Supreme Court of Canada, in a narrow four three split, they upheld the criminal prohibition on hate speech as just as a justified violation. A free expression. so the whole court agreed that definitely uh, criminal code prohibition on willful promotion of hatred against an identifiable group it is a violation of your free speech rights. That's kind of a no-brainer but the court said, uh, we're going to uphold this law. And it was a narrow decision. You had a strong dissent. It went four to three or five to four. I forget which. And, you know, one judge and it could have gone the other way and the, the court could have struck it down and said, this is an unjustified uh, uh, violation. So you got to rewrite the the criminal code provisions. So it's the same thing with COVID. The government can, uh, you know, ban, uh, you know, football stadium. Gathering, which is an obvious infringement of freedom of association. They could, you know, potentially ban church services. But the onus is on the government to justify it based on science, based on actual evidence, not based on fear-mongering news conferences that are parroting the lies that were uh, told 13 months ago about how COVID is going to be like the Spanish flu of 2018, So all that's background for James Coates. So here we have a situation. The government started violating our Charter Rights and Freedoms in March of 2020. So uh, 14 months ago, just about. And so they've had 14 months. They were not even supposed to violate our rights after the first two weeks. Like they could have done two weeks without too much evidence, just as a precautionary measure. Okay, fine, whatever, right? But once you're into this with a month, two months, three months, four months, five months, six months, it's completely wrong under the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms for governments to violate our rights and freedoms on this, you know, for months on end without having the science to back it up. So when James the trial of James Coates started May 5th, there's no reason, there's no valid uh, uh, reason for the government to have not had its medical and scientific evidence ready to go. Uh, they were told the trial date in, uh, in February February, the trial date was set for May 5th. They were told in March uh, by Justice Center lawyers that the defense of Pastor Coates is not that he didn't have a full church service. Uh, I don't think anybody really questions that, if you can trust the video footage. He's not arguing that he didn't have a full church service. His defense is that these public health orders are an unjustified violation of charter rights and freedoms. The government was told in in March, "This is what the defense argument is. So get ready." And then the government goes to court and says, "Oh, we can't possibly get our evidence together for May fifth or for May third, rather." That tells you everything you need to know about how utterly unscientific and devoid of intelligent, credible evidence these public health measures are. Because if they were founded on science, the government would have had no problem at all to put its evidence before the court on Monday, May 3rd at the trial of James Coates. And now they're asking for some indefinite uh, extension. I, I think they're asking, you know, can we have until July to get our evidence together? It's a disgrace. So will they, will they
0: get that extension? Like, how do you see that playing out? Because I did see the release that said... You know, they're not going to have to prove the legitimacy of the lockdowns in that trial.
3: Well, they got away with it on... uh... Was that
0: just for (laughs) like a day? So that's not... That's not indefinitely. That's just, okay, for today, you cannot say that.
3: Exactly. So on on Monday, May 3rd and Tuesday, May 4th, uh, the government tried to argue that the Charter Rights and Freedoms of Pastor Coates and Grace Life Church were not violated, which was kind of an uphill battle for the government, and very predictably that got dismissed, and so the judges ruled that, you know, yes, the the um, charter rights and freedoms of James Coates were violated by the public health restrictions, uh, so now the next court hearing in June, it's going to be nailing down some, some dates and what's going to happen next in the trial. Um, there's another court action in the Alberta Court of Queens Bench and you know amazingly, the government there has succeeded in, in um, getting the court's approval to not present evidence until July. This is a court action we filed in early December. so January, February, March, April, May, June, July. It's seven months that the government wanted and got uh, to put forward medical and scientific evidence in court. Seven months. This tells you everything you need to know. Anybody who says, oh, these measures are based on science? It's like really? Why is the government uh desperately avoiding having to put the science in court and having to put Dina Hinshaw up on the stand and get questioned under oath about her measures? So how would that uh, I
0: mean, the devil's advocate might say that they're too busy right now dealing with the pandemic or but do you think these June and July dates are you know, are we gonna see anything then like what's the what's the i guess let's start with the good news what what's sort of the best case scenario of how this could play out over the next several months because it doesn't seem like they're just going to be like okay you can have your life back in july i mean i for a while it seemed like stampede was going to be a go but now i wonder
3: yeah it would be sad to not have the calgary stampede back in in 2021 um I mean, how is it going to go? It's it, here's the key thing, you know. I get back to handing out brochures, and I'm going to do my own neighborhood. By the way, I'm, I've taken, I've, I've got a stack at home, and uh, I'll be, I'll be doing a walkabout. I, I need to get the fresh air and exercise anyway. With the gyms being closed, I can't go to the gym. Uh, God knows I need it more than most people, but uh, it's not good for me. So, you know, at least uh, <laughs> walking outside is better than no exercise at all. But we've got to change public opinion, because if public opinion changes, then actually these court actions become, I wouldn't say irrelevant, but they become a lot less important because if we change public opinion, then um, the politicians who tend to be followers, not leaders, they're going to just ease off and back off and leave us alone and, and help us to uh, get our physical and mental and psychological health back that, that they've taken away from us in the past 13 months.
0: But isn't, uh, so I mean, it... it seems like public opinion is on our side.
3: No, I, I disagree. I mean,
0: it really does. Yeah, I, I, mean...
2: I disagree. This is where we totally disagree. I mean... I, the programming is so thick. I see people just flip flopping to the other side, just doing what they they're being told. Do it for the the greater good. Well, that's maybe the on social the, vaccine, the Social responsibility for the
0: vaccine. Yeah, sure. I know. But they're, about... but
2: they're the ones that support a lot of the other stuff as well. But
0: yeah, but yeah, but most of those people that are even folding on the vaccine aren't down with lockdowns.
2: Yeah, maybe. Yeah,
0: like I don't know anyone. Is I, I, I don't know a single fucking person in Alberta in my life, and I mean. I'm not a dude who knows seven people. I'm like out and about all day, every day. I'm talking to hundreds of people on a weekly basis and to a person, nobody's like, we got to do it. They're like, this is bullshit. This is, but it almost seems like they don't know what to do. I was thinking that as I was driving home today, it's almost like, I feel like most of the cops aren't okay with it. I feel like most of people aren't okay with like, it's, it's like a progression thing, right? Like for the first month, I was kind of being careful. I was like, I mean, I had a mask for the first month when I went in the mall and stuff because it's like, hey, what are we dealing with here? But now it's been 14 months or 15 months and the jig is up. So there's people that I've watched come slowly come over and, you know, they're going to get the vaccine, but they still don't agree with lockdowns. And or now they've got the vaccine and they still can't travel or they still can't do this or they're still in quarantine. And it's just like, you know, it's it almost feels like we're just stuck in this fucking machine that that just we nobody knows how to turn off. It's just like there's just just this top-down fucking system that we've got. And no it's just like it almost seems like whatever Dina Henshaw says now is just a drip feed down to everything and it doesn't matter. I mean the stores are enforcing it, they don't wanna be. This none of the stores are at this point are like, you know, there's the there's there's exceptions. There's some people that are loving telling people to put masks on or, you know, fill in the blank. But I can see the guy at the border is sick of it, you know. I'm hearing more and more people where they're like, because my sister travels a ton for for work. So she's crossing provincial borders constantly. She's in the airports constantly. And more and more people are like, the even the cops are like, yeah, you know, like I'm getting sick of asking people this shit too. You know, I'm sick of it. We're all, you know. So, and I know that's not I think, everyone. I think it's
3: a rural, I think it's a lot, it's a rural urban divide. You know, you see in Alberta, for example, we, there are, I believe, 15 United Conservative Party <clears throat> MLA's that publicly said, basically, no more lockdowns. You know, it's was not a single one from uh, Calgary or Edmonton. <laughs> now, the Edmonton absence can be explained insofar as the United Conservative Party only got, I think, one seat in Edmonton. So you're not going to expect that. But, um to to the best of my recollection, I looked at the list. There was not a single Calgary MLA on the list. Uh, the 15 people were from uh, rural and, and other town. I think uh, I think Drew Barnes from Medicine Hat was on it. And I think some, you know, Red Deer and and Airdrie. And I don't know, you got Leela in uh, Chestermere. Leela. She would have been on the list because she, she's a cabinet minister.
0: She um, would have or
3: wouldn't have. I give
0: her a real hard time.
3: Well if she's supporting <laughs> lockdowns then she deserves a hard time she's she hurting won't people call me back I'm sick and tired of I'm sick and tired of of uh, pro lockdown people talking about compassion there's nothing compassionate about a futile quest to stop a virus once it's out and about it's never been, never before in human history has any country, any society, any civilization locked down the entire population and succeeded in stopping a virus once the virus is out and about. And I ask people that question if you're pro lockdown, I say, can you name me one example in human history, all 6,000 years of recorded history, uh, all the continents, name me one civilization, one society? where the government locked down the entire population and they succeeded in stopping the spread of a virus. Now, the best answer, and of course, there's no example. This is an experiment. It's never been done before in human history. Now, what they will say is, well, yeah, it slows it down uh, a bit. And my answer to that is how fast or slow is irrelevant What's relevant is if you're really compassionate, you're going to find ways to protect the vulnerable in the nursing homes. You've got roughly 10% 10 of the population, probably less, but you've got roughly 10% of the population that is COVID vulnerable that should really try very hard to not get it because it's more deadly than the annual flu for 10% of the population. Uh, For children... Uh, who did die of the annual flu. The annual flu is dangerous to kids under five, and COVID is not. It's statistically harmless, meaning you might get one in a million, but for all intents and purposes, COVID is harmless to kids. So what we need to do is protect the uh, seniors in nursing homes uh, or just anybody, if you're if you're elderly and you've got three or more serious health conditions, you know, cancer, heart disease, emphysema, etc. You got to be careful. We got to protect those people. To lock down the entire population is absolutely useless. And it's worse than useless. It is destructive. And well, it's not, not compassionate to throw people into unemployment and poverty and despair and drive them to suicide and drive them to drug overdoses. There is zero compassion with lockdowns. And if Leela, a hearer or any other MLA is supporting lockdowns, then they are not compassionate people. They're cruel even the even the psychological cost from
2: the masks i mean nobody's done any analysis on that in the government i mean the masks have been on for 9 months and they haven't done anything they, i mean you could argue that uh, they've made it worse you look at the the most 25 um strictest states for for measures versus the least and the, and the least does better it's it's the same looking bell curve but the least does better so i mean the evidence isn't on their side so let's Let's go a little higher if up if we can. do you do you follow the whole this whole nuremberg two point oh and the uh, thousand uh, lawyers and ten thousand scientists that are that are taking this to like sort of more of on a global level at all? Or do you have any hope in that?
3: I have not followed it as closely as as what I would like to and I could say that about a dozen issues right? yeah like that's so much yeah it's so so important but it's it's uh, and I've got a I've got an organization to run on a daily basis exactly. I would love to spend 40 50 hours a week just reading uh but I you know I do the best I can um I know that uh, Reiner uh, Fulmich is uh, got court actions on the go in the United States and Germany and uh, he's he's a very smart guy um, we had some court successes, uh, not we, but I guess our our side, the, uh, the pro-freedom side, the anti-lockdown side. We've had court successes in Sweden and Austria and, and Portugal with courts calling into question the PCR testing. It would be great if we got that as uh, an end result coming out of Manitoba. Uh, if we can crack this PCR testing, uh, we'd be a lot better off because the PCR testing is what perpetuates the fear because you're, we're testing millions of, of healthy people. And then the media put this on the six o'clock news. And then you get people like Dina Hinshaw, they walk into court and say, well, we need to crack down further on the Charter of Rights and Freedoms of, of, uh, of Albertans uh, because we get these rising case numbers. It, it's complete BS. Uh, these case numbers are meaningless. The only meaningful things, uh, the, the numbers we should be looking at is hospitalization. And we should be um looking at deaths and we should be using it looking at, at at ICU spaces. But we shouldn't be talking about cases. They are completely meaningless, irrelevant numbers. Yeah. What about auditing the deaths? I, I think
2: I heard you talking about auditing the deaths. Can you still hear me? Yeah.
3: Hello? Oh, I've you're got to, yeah, you've gone. Switch to chat. Can you still yeah. hear me? Yeah, we can now. Yeah. yeah. I can't hear you right now. Okay. Um
2: Mm. sorry no that's okay no problem i don't know if these uh earbud speakers ran out yeah maybe
3: you can still hear me yeah we, we can, can hear, hear you. you yeah
2: yeah we can hear well, you send me
3: why don't you send me a question by chat so yeah we can keep sure, on going, sure 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 uh, yeah. until i michelle so ask him about
2: death death audits.
3: okay sorry now you're back oh we're back okay, okay.
2: What about, uh, I think I heard you or somebody talking about the real I- ideal thing to do would be to do a death audit. I mean, that would sort of help show really what what percentage it is if you could go through all that. Um, I don't know if that's you guys that were talking about that, but is there any, is that a, a possibility?
3: I think it's very worthwhile. I don't, you need a strong political will from an honest politician to ensure that the audit was done properly. Because if the audit's not done Properly, then it's just completely useless. Then
2: you're opening yourself and up to make it worse in a way.
3: Yeah, I, yeah and what I I'm, I'm really sad to say this, but I just uh, I'm so disappointed at the at the dishonesty on so many levels. We've got the dishonesty of Jason Kenney publicly comparing COVID to the the Spanish flu of 2018. We've got the dishonesty of Neil Ferguson of Imperial College in london in march of 2020 saying that covid would be like the spanish flu of 1918 we've got the dishonesty of pointing to rising case numbers while failing to mention that oh well that's because we did a lot more testing the more testing you do the higher the case numbers but to not talk about how many tests you're doing is dishonest because now you're presenting these case numbers uh, presenting them as if they mean something you've got dishonesty on the level of pretending that COVID is causing overcrowding in hospitals. The truth is hospitals have been periodically overcrowded for years, if not decades, and politicians haven't fixed it. We've got the dishonesty about politicians um, running away from the fact that they've had 13 months to prepare for the second wave or the third wave by expanding ICU capacity. And there's just no excuse after 13 months. And the politicians say, well, it's not just about buying the ICU equipment. You have to train people, to which I say, you've had 13 months. Uh, ICU training program, if you take a registered nurse who's already a qualified registered nurse, it's six months of training to get him or her up to speed on ICU. So why hasn't the government uh, in 13 months put in the the effort, the energy, the commitment to increasing the ICU capacity, right? Instead of increasing ICU capacity, we get told that we have to suffer the closed schools, restaurants, bars, swimming pools, recreational facilities, gyms, tennis courts, football stadiums, houses of worship, you name it. We got to suffer every day. Uh, Why? Because these these incompetent and, and dishonest politicians have not... In thirteen months, they haven't expanded the ICU capacity. They failed, they failed miserably. So, yes. so much dishonesty on so many fronts uh a death audit could only be helpful if it's done by yeah. honest competent people that's and a, managed yeah. by honest competent people
2: yeah that's a good point i mean there's even the smaller things like doc uh, bonnie henry last year said outside is fine there's no risk of you getting it outside all of a sudden now they're putting masks on outside they, there's no adjustment at all to this they're they're up there with their little ritual squirting that stuff all over their hands cleaning their hands every time even though it's also been shown that that's just, da- it's more damaging and there's not really a risk from surface contamination. I mean, there's no adjustment at all. They just pretend they're just continuing with this charade. So, but what's I, the
0: well, best case timeline to hang, get out of this?
2: Hang on. I do have, I got a, I got a question before we get into that. Is, is are, are companies at risk if they force you to have a vaccination and you get injured from it? We've so seen thousands, be, we've seen thousands of, is this a something that they should worry about? Because you're hearing it already. You're hearing my company's forcing me to do this. Well, are they going to, because the vaccine companies aren't liable. They, the doctors don't even know how to fix these injuries. If somebody gets injured from the jab, can in they have Canada something? In in the U.S.? Well, both maybe, but Canada for this, for this purpose. I mean, there is pressure coming from these companies. I mean, can they sign something to say, okay, if I end up with Bell's palsy or death, are you responsible?
3: Okay. You may or may not, the company may or may not be responsible, but I would say there's absolutely nothing to be lost and potentially something to be gained by writing a notice of liability to your employer. If the employer is going to force you to do it, then uh, you say, you know, here's a letter I'm putting you on notice that I object to the vaccine. This experimental um, job. Yep. This, it, it is experimental, you know. And if yep. somebody wants to say that I'm fear-mongering, nope. it's like I'm it's not right saying their, it's right in their documents. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that that it's uh, necessarily going to cause a lot of harm to a lot of people. I'm saying it could because nobody knows the long term events. It's you just got to look, you just gotta look at their
2: own documents. It's all written right in there. All the adverse events are written in there too. And every one of those vaccine documents that they make, it's all listed there. You just have to point them to their own documents.
3: So, notice a liability is uh, is a good thing because it makes the employer think twice. And um, do you guys have like yeah, a template
0: for one of those?
3: No, I'll add it to my to do list. <laughs> I like, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it was like it, it, this is a little bit analogous to uh, a few years ago. Um, well, this has happened in different provinces where the government pushes, rushes through some radical new sex ed curriculum for kids. You know, we got to tell all the five-year-olds that, you know, they, they might not be a boy or a girl after all and whatever. And uh, parents have put in a uh, notice of liability and said, you know, here here's a statement, here's a witness, here's somebody who witnessed me dropping it off. You keep this on file. And um, if there's any harm that uh, is inflicted on my son or daughter, uh because of your you know uh, crazy fad uh sex ed curriculum um that you've been warned that uh we we object to our uh child getting subjected to this and then people say oh it's not legally valid it's not legally relevant you know what it's it's a very good tool for raising the issue and for raising awareness yeah. and uh i i think similar tools need to be employed um you know, and, and it's not a hundred percent sure that they're not legally valid either. Right. That remains to be seen. Right. Yeah. That's good. I
2: mean, anything to get people to look at the actual documents from the jab makers, I mean, is, is at a good the step. very least
0: you might be able to negotiate a sweet severance package <laughs> with that. It's like, Hey, you I, know, warned I you. could just, you just, I'll go away. You pay me for a year. <laughs> so, so I want to get back to the legal timeline because I mean, I feel like that's the most important thing right now. I think we've got to, I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, it seems like there's a bunch of places in the U.S. that are much closer to it. It's going to be a fight. I was talking to a lawyer from New York last week, and, you know, his company's getting very close. He's, fight, you know, up against it with his boss fighting over it. Um, close to what? Talking about all their lawyers needing to be vaccinated. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I haven't heard of it in Canada yet. I might just be ignorant on that. Um but, you know, so I, I feel like that's a little further down the line. Anyway, they don't even have enough vaccines right now to vaccinate the people that want vaccines. So I feel like I've got a bit of time to worry about vaccines. I'm just like, how quick can you do you think what's the best case scenario to get us out of these lockdowns? Because at this point, I don't see them letting us out for another year. I mean, they might let us out a little bit in the summer again, but it doesn't seem like they're just going to be like, OK, life's normal again.
3: So. It's it's terrible. I think uh, unless and until public opinion changes, we could be stuck with this garbage for years. And if you think that the uh, drug overdoses and suicides and you know psychiatric disorders and anxiety and depression and uh, all of these problems, uh, you know, problems resulting from people not exercising, not being on, indoors, uh, physical, mental uh, destruction to health by being forced by law, to carry on all of our relationships by way of a two-dimensional computer screen, which is very unhealthy, uh, just the removal of fun and joy from people's lives. And of course there's massive scientific evidence that, that uh, having fun and enjoying yourself is good for your health. Laughing is good for your health. I mean, all of the, everything we're seeing right now, is it's, it's going to get worse and worse uh, the longer that lockdowns stay in place. So the key again is, is for people you know, myself included, get a stack of brochures and hand them out and persuade your neighbors. And, um, uh, you know, e- even if there's only three out of 10 people that read the brochures, uh, and that's just par for the course, right? I mean, I know in my life I've thrown out brochures that didn't look interesting to me, but, you know, you drop off a hundred brochures, get 30 people reading the brochures and you might get 20 out of 30 that change their minds a little bit or a lot. We got to get public opinion shifted. Because these court actions, uh, even if we're successful, it would be province by province. And we won't know of success for years, because let's take the Manitoba case. That will probably, the Manitoba Court of Queen's Bench will probably be the first court in Canada that's coming out with a major ruling on a bunch of issues, including PCR testing. Now, if they come out with a ruling in uh, June or July or August, September, I don't know. I can pretty much guarantee you the losing side, whether it's uh, the Justice Center or uh, or the Manitoba government, the losing side is going to appeal it to the Manitoba Court of Appeal. Well, once it gets there, then, uh, you know, that'll be another year,
0: year oh and a half God, to, yeah, for yeah, the so yeah. briefs to
3: be followed. So, so there's argument. no room for an injunction and, and, in and, there? Uh, uh, that can be tried. Like if if
0: you uh, like obviously not if you lose, but if you guys win in Manitoba, do you can you do an injunction against the PCR until they can before the appeal process starts? Or for, during I the appeal- for all,
3: I'm gonna to talk to my legal team. That sounds like a good idea. You know, depending too on the court's findings. I mean if the judge is not looking properly at the evidence and uh you know, says, oh, P- PCR tests are a wonderful thing, we don't have a lot of wiggle room. But if the judge says that the uh, PCR tests are, uh, you know, m- meaningless or misleading or unreliable or something to that effect, uh, we can then get uh, potentially apply for an injunction to, to, uh, uh, to, to, to get the PCR tests being used less often or even just used more honestly you know if you want to keep on using them at least tell the public what your cycle threshold is yeah and what the false positive rates are and uh, be transparent about how few of those people are sick and in hospital yeah that's exactly But uh, the public opinion battle is more important i mean yeah. the court battles are of course they're extremely important if i didn't think so i wouldn't be Running the Justice Center. I mean, the court actions are extremely important, but the the battle for public opinion is uh, is even more important because we could lose if we lost every court action in Canada. But if public opinion turned against lockdowns, we would get rid of lockdowns. Yeah, you're right. If we lost in court.
2: Kenny would be acting differently right now if it was 70 30 the other way. But he's he's seeing I think he's seeing a shift in the people from all the messaging in the media and all the vaccine pressures. people want it to go back to normal and they think that's the way it's going to do it. So now he's now he's got to side with them and go against all us, you know, adjacent white supremacist anti-masker lockdowners. I mean, it's it's getting crazy. Don't, don't
3: forget the un, unhinged conspiracy. Yes, yeah,
2: exactly. So can you print those uh, brochures from your website? Like, can people download them and print them or do we have to order them from you?
3: Well, both are good I think people they're on the website you can print them yourself okay good yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 a bit tricky like because it's a double-sided printing process right, right right so you get the brochure i mean you'd have you'd have two sheets of paper and they wouldn't look as nice but yeah. yeah people can you know bombs away if you if you want to print off one or two copies to give to an elderly friend or relative or somebody and you don't want a whole stack you can just print them off that way okay yeah okay
2: yeah, so we'll send people to your website. And uh, is there anything else you want to mention we before should, we wrap we it up? We should order
0: or? a bunch of those flyers. What we yeah, should we do. should.
2: We should get a whole bunch. Well, of- what about Jason Kenny's new
0: threats?
3: Oh, yeah, the curfews. I mean, that's terrifying. Oh, he exactly. said in late April that uh, he might consider that. Well, I'm more worried about
0: the stuff he said just the other day, saying, you know, be, even if you want to fight, you're fine. You're still not getting your license. Or Oh, this. this
2: John Doe, this Jane and John Doe thing, where they can just arrest anybody for, for doing that.
3: Well we're hoping we're hoping to get the uh, injunction. the justice center is is uh, the legal team's working on that and we're hoping to get the wording of the uh, of the injunction changed because it's worded so broadly, even though technically it was supposed to be only against whistle stop uh, but it's worded in a way that it it applies to everybody in Alberta, which is inappropriate and improper and uh, you know hopefully we can get that order changed. Well, where Jason Kenny's wrong on this, you know we, we won't re- renew your, your driver's license. He's getting way ahead of himself. That could be true if you pled guilty and then didn't pay the fine. But the fact is, you're not guilty until you've been found guilty in a court of law. And what people are doing is when they get their their COVID ticket, which is now 2,000, not 1,000, they plead not guilty. They come to the justice center. Uh, we tell the Crown prosecutors, okay, we're pleading not guilty set a trial date, and then when the trial date's set, we're telling the Crown Prosecutors, okay, our defense is that the, not not that our client you know wasn't peacefully protesting outside, our defense is that the health order is not backed up by science and medicine. It's a violation of the charter. So we're gonna subpoena Dina Hinshaw to testify in court, and we're gonna force you to uh, put forward your medical and scientific evidence. And guess what happens? The crown prosecutors say, "Oh, okay. You know what? We're going to stay the charges. We're going to withdraw the ticket." So Jason Kenney is, you know, it's a sort of a half truth. I mean, technically, he's correct. If you if you're found guilty, or you plead guilty, and you're legally obligated to pay a fine, and then you don't pay the fine, well, yeah, you can't just get your driver's like, right yeah, Just like any
2: doing. other fine kind of thing. Can I do yeah, that?
0: Yeah. If so, so if I was just like, can I just say, can I go into the court and subpoena Henshaw?
3: It's, uh, yes, it's possible for unrepresented individuals to do that, but it's, it's harder Riskier? than it sounds. Yeah. yeah <laughs> They're just like, get out of here, bud.
0: Uh, well, that's great. So are we still batting a thousand for that kind of stuff? Has anyone actually been charged with anything yet in Alberta? Is there, is there cause for concern for, cause I mean, I'm still, I'm still, I mean, I still have my barbecues. I still travel freely. I still, I mean, I can't go to restaurants anymore. It sucks. The restaurants seem to be having it the worst of all. I would have to say yeah. because it seems like if they do try and open a bunch of cops are up there and wreck up the place. But what about other it's so, than that? It's so sad. Or do, does the average citizen have to worry about any of their bullshit? And if they if they do the process you laid out.
3: Well, if this uh, if this uh, in court injunction dated May the sixth, if if that's get if that gets altered, so it applies only to whistle stop and whistle stop has its own lawyers. The justice center is not acting for whistle stop. Uh, they've got uh, Chad Williamson, uh, who's, who is excellent. Who's going to do a great job for whistle stop. Um, but if this injunction gets modified, then we're back to where we were before May 6th, which means that the only risk that citizens have is uh, a risk of getting a $2,000 ticket. Um, and then, you know, plead not guilty and, uh, force force the government to uh to justify its public health orders in court and uh you know the the supreme law of the land is the canadian charter of rights and freedoms and uh, not dina hinshaw's health orders and i think the best thing that that uh, albertans can do and, and other canadians is to freely exercise our charter freedoms as we are entitled to do and uh you know the 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 tyranny depends on compliance i mean we're in a, this is a medical dictatorship we've got dina hinshaw exercising unchecked power none of her health orders are reviewed by the elected members of the legislative assembly or debated or passed so we've got a medical dictatorship we've got the tyranny of a police state we've got massive destruction being uh inflicted on, on on so many people but the reason it's all happening it's the it's the acquiescence and the compliance and the more that people comply with these unconstitutional health orders the worse things get and what we've seen in the past month uh, past several months in Alberta is the more clear it becomes that there's no scientific basis for lockdown measures, the harsher the lockdowns become and the more aggressive the enforcement becomes. Yes, exactly. So the solution is for people to to exercise their charter rights and freedoms of, of peaceful assembly and association and so on and so forth. That's probably a great
2: place to wrap it up. I'm glad we got to that, that good advice at the end there.
3: Where
0: can we give you money?
3: www.jccf.ca We are a registered charity. We issue official tax receipts. So you can donate, you can mail in a check, you can do an e-transfer, you can do a credit card donation online. And then uh, come February, 2022, we send out official tax receipts. And then you, uh, you can use that and you you pay less tax because you donated to the justice center.
2: Excellent, man. Thanks so much for your time again, John.
3: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on your show. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. And, uh, maybe in, you know, July or something when, uh, if if the government doesn't, you know, uh, further adjourn uh, its obligation to put evidence before the court, but maybe maybe in July we can talk about what evidence the government has, if any, to try yeah. to justify these uh, these evil lockdowns.
0: Oh, well, maybe like legally we could do the podcast down at the library. <laughs> <laughs> it's the library's ever on for of gay hey, what it's like a 236 million dollar fucking paper well, let's just
2: do it at costco i mean it's always oh yeah we could costco. do it at costco
0: <laughs> we'll meet you at costco in the electronics department and it'll be no problem at all
2: thanks a lot john yeah we'll right. keep we'll have keep an days. eye on we'll keep an eye on all your work in the next few months
3: all right okay. have okay. a good evening thanks. take care yeah okay Bye-bye. see you bye, bye.
0: That was a chat, John. Oh, wow, that's
2: fantastic, man. I love his answers. He's just so he, you know, some of the guests we have on have a book to sell or something, right? Which is great. But they have sort of a they have sort of a shtick, right? Sometimes
0: like your shtick. But
2: he's like listening to our questions and answering them very, very he's very present during an interview. I love he's it. A he's a not lawyer. just like exactly. I guess you have to be, right? You have to be. But he he's got that that uh the articulation, you know, it's great, and we even had I a couple bet he good ideas. I to say
0: NASA I he bet said he my idea was brilliant.
2: I, I know, great, <laughs> <brave>, yeah. You <laughs> had a couple good ideas there. Yeah, thinking, i I should have been a lawyer, you know. Ah, oh, I, I listened to the legal man to prep myself for this a little bit, and he's still dropping. Oh ball. boy, he's he's just super black. Guy. Oh, yeah, he's, he's like. like- He's, he's like now he's, he's got he's no hope. He's got <laughs> no hope as for a lawyer. He's got no hope in any system at all. Like he's like, it's all going in the wrong direction. So I but I do like how he like how he's realistic. He's talking about this is the speed of the courts, and this is what we have to do in the meantime. Get your brochures out, change public opinion, and that's the best way and it's gonna do it. Because right. we've seen Kenny just switch, right? He was sort of more supportive when it was about 50 50. About six months ago, or so, maybe before the fall—I can't even remember when. Time is just time is an illusion right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. You got to get out more, buddy. My what do you mean? I got to get out, dude. My I'm cup f- is overflowing. Oh, your cup is overflowing. <laughs> <laughs> your <laughs> cup is bone dry.
2: <laughs>
0: you got to get out to the CAX, man.
2: I know, I know. You well, missed, I, gotta, uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure out how I'm gonna do this. I gotta, some... I gotta learn the the Darren protocol that he really, you know. Oh, I should how, start how charging.
0: How are you going to... I've been fielding phone calls this, people. This, I had like three phone calls this,
2: this, this, this week like a little on side how to hustle? travel. Is this a side hustle? How to I should
0: travel through COVID? Of, I should Dude, start. I heard
2: them talking on No Agenda about they're cracking down on the fake passport websites, the fake vaccine passport websites. They're already highlighting it on the mainstream news. This guy's busted for selling them for $20 online, fake passports. So I don't need they th- are paying attention to that. So just be careful. I'm not saying you... No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just be. saying... I'm just saying. They're already talking about it in the States.
0: How are they going to defend against it?
2: Oh, I don't know. I mean, they're just bust- they just busted a guy, or apparently they did. I apparently. mean, it's probably all just a, a media show, right? Are they uh, going to
0: make it an app on your phone? That's what they say. So what happens when there's like
2: lineup of 50 30 million and-
0: scans going on just in North America at any given second from people going into Costco, restaurant, airplane, bus, fucking here, there, scan, scan, scan. What fucking infrastructure system in the world is going to handle that?
2: Not only that, but how many times are they just going to go, oh, uh, that's the wrong app, sir. Like, when there's a lineup of 50 <laughs> people getting that's in, a, I mean. That's a, that's that. That. <laughs> sir. <laughs> wait, sir, wait. That's the wrong app.
0: I just don't see it. I'd want a fake one, though. I mean, our Peter Lougheed insider says there's three, three people in the tent.
2: Three people in the tent? In what does the that mean? tent. What does that mean? Peter Lougheed. The COVID tent for oh.
0: 500 people has three people in uh.
2: Where's that in the stats? Because they said, you know, they the haven't, they, is that not an ICU? He said he is, would what's wear COVID a secret tent? camera
0: and if we buy him a pen camera, he'll get footage of the COVID test.
2: Oh my God. Should we do it? No, we don't have money to spend like on pen bucks. cameras and stuff. Pen cameras only 60 bucks? Yeah. Come on. Really? Just on tell him to just use your drone. Dude, he doesn't just want to lose your, his job. Just fly your drone in and out of there. He they will not even. By the time job. they know, you don't need to, he doesn't need to be involved. He could just cause a distraction quickly. And then your drone flies in, takes some good flies footage, flies out no, into the no tent. Way the drones fly not, I picture like a big open sided tent.
0: I'm pretty sure the FAA knows when I fly the drone. Really? You can run in there if you want, but I don't think they'll let you. You'll get arrested. He won't do it without a pen camera.
2: All right.
0: He's be risking his livelihood.
2: If it's 60 bucks, then it's obviously so yes. I mean, come on. How much do you think a pen camera is? I don't know. Three they sound like they're thousands of dollars. <laughs> This it's is a like pen camera. <laughs> well, dude, it's the smaller. You know, the camera has to be expensive to be small, and it's obviously about it good. The it can't just cam be. Was? I
0: was like 12 the bucks. cam. There's that long one on the end of the USB string? I still have it around here somewhere. I should well, go just back get
2: use that. and Just cut it up and.
0: It has to be plugged into
2: a USB oh, all the okay. time. All right.
0: It's not battery operated.
2: Anyways, this is just an outro. Why don't you right? just what are we doing? Have are we recording this still? Yes. Okay. Let's, We're still let's live wrap dude. this up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Big thanks, to John, for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys to listen. I mean, like I said on the other show, I mean, the surrealness of driving out of Idaho past casinos, packed and amusement parks and music festivals back into Canada is just
2: like. We should have known. I mean, we did know actually. We talked about Australia way back when last summer. We said this is a test. This is coming to Canada, and it's here, right? We're
0: naive, right? I guess
2: that was when the states was a Australia's shit show. better now. Though. I mean, the states is a mean shit it's show. Be better ways, here but... soon. Um, what about the
0: gas sorted? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> anyway, big thanks, John, for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. If you feel like you're getting some value from the show, adding a little value to your commute, to your exercise, to your wherever the fuck you're listening to the show. If oh you yeah, feel this is like, a regular
1: Grand America yeah, show. Yeah.
0: If you feel like uh, it makes your life better, go to grandamerica.ca slash support. Uh, sign up today. Decide what the podcast is worth to you. Is it worth the price of a chocolate bar a month, a cup of coffee, bag of chips, sandwich, burger combo, cable subscription, americaca slash support. Sign up for a monthly today. There's a bunch of different options there. You can do a one-time donation. You can do a crypto if you want. You know, uh, you can head over to GrandAmericaOutlaw.ca. Check out that podcast, rockfin.com slash GrandAmerica. I mean, we've got a ton of COVID content over at the GrandAmericaOutlaw.ca.
2: Good content, too. Really good guests totally. on there. And, I, and honestly, we're putting more effort into this whole show. So yeah, we really appreciate it. And we need support. Yeah. And we need- uh, you This need is going to become uh, sort of a full-time focus for in a in a bit here.
0: Yeah. Grandamerica.ca slash support. We love you guys. Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff to do in the show notes. Doesn't cost any money that helps us down the line. Review the show. Share the show. Join the chats. Grandamerica.ca slash chats. Check out contact at the cabin.com if you want to get in on that Egypt trip or the Randall Carlson stuff or any of those other fantastic adventures. Magic in the mountains. Uh, I think that's about it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.
5: Who's going to kill this sacred cow? You were never political anyhow. Since when did you start trusting in the government? Since when was it okay to ridicule and shame your neighbor? Your opinions have become... Your opinions have become as fickle as artificial flavors. What matters most to you? What the TV host told you to do? Or a moral compass that points true north or true? Who's gonna kill this sacred cow? You were never religious anyhow. Since when did you kiss The ring on the hand of the Pope Since when do we need Pharmaceuticals to cope? Your soul has become Ever-loving soul has become As brittle as communion wafers What matters most to you? What the Holy Ghost told you to do? Or a moral compass that Points true north, oh true I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill this sacred cow Bureaucrats think I'm non-essential anyhow. Since when has our culture become so lowbrow? It's all touchscreens, and nobody has any know-how. Your idea of fun, your idea of fun, is taking a thousand and one photos of your duck face. Matters most to you, what the celebrities most told you was cool, or a moral compass that points true. Oh true I'm gonna kill This sacred cow I'm gonna kill Your sacred cow I'm gonna kill
1: Your sacred cow I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill Your sacred cow I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your sacred cow. I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your sacred cow. I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your sacred cow. I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill. Your sacred cow I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill Your sacred cow I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill your sacred cow